ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us, Jandam Sessions Live. You know, with special guest Brandon White. So basically what we're gonna do, you know, we're gonna talk, you know, you know, to get a little bit know, you know, get to know you a little bit better, you know, for those who don't know who you are. I mean, if they don't know who you are, then that, that's an issue because everyone should know who you are, you know. But uh, <laughs> but um, that's what we're going to do. And then I'll be some of your pieces and you can talk about the inspiration behind them and stuff like that. You know, just have fun with it, basically. That's what, that's what the whole thing's going to be about. Sounds good. So, um, yeah, so I'm just trying to log in here on my laptop and then that way I could have um, access to everything I need. Sure, man. And then we can just um, get started. But in the meantime, uh, I guess just start with, you know, for those who don't know who you are, don't tell us a little bit more about yourself so we could, you know, just get acquainted, I guess, for those who don't know. Um, my name is Brandon White, and I am a poet and songwriter from Fort Smith, Arkansas. Um, I'm a father of twins. I'm a husband. Uh, I have a book coming out this coming Friday, which is kind of insane um yeah that's big cowboys fan <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man what okay no so um that's awesome so okay so since you mentioned the book um i know you're also part of a compilation book right yeah yeah the uh, the poet symphony that was also through uh raw earth inc and okay. it was uh it was a really cool collection, you know, it, the the central theme being music and how music affects people. And I couldn't help but want to be a part of that when when Tara extended that, that offer. So uh, I had a couple of pieces already put together and I wrote another one uh, for the occasion and I submitted a, a digital painting for it as well. And so uh, that is that is in there as well. Wow, that's all. And I was going to say, music is definitely a, a, a thing because um, there's so many emotions that comes into music, right? Like, we, Thank we you. you know, like we write about it, you know, we talk about it, but like, like when we, because I know when I listen to music, man, I'm in like in a whole other world, man. You know, yeah. like I listen to Foo Fighters or I listen to Puddle Muddle, whatever it is. And like the lyrics, it's like, damn, even though I never met these people, but it's like they understand what I go through or what you go through, what a lot of us sure. go through, you know? And that's yeah. cool that there's a um, th there's like a book now that, with different pieces that talks about that. That's awesome, you know, definitely. Now, um, your book, um, the year that stole the light away. Where did that title come from? Uh, like like so many other titles that that come to me, they they just sort of appear. Uh, you know, it it was trying to come up with a title to really encompass you know, the, the pieces that I compiled to, to make this first collection. Uh, and just thinking about uh, losing my dad and what my, uh, my mom and I went through. Uh, when, when it came to me, I just, I just kind of knew it was right. You know, it, it wasn't, there wasn't a certain moment that sparked it. It was just kind of there one day. And I said, okay, well, that, that's a gift. So I'm going to accept that. Wow, that's powerful. And I get you, man. Like, um, especially when you say about your dad, because, um, okay, I'm sorry about that. Uh, no, so especially with, your, especially with your dad, um, you know, because I lost my dad two years ago. He died from pancreatic cancer. And um, 
because my mom went through some things too. Um, like my like my family went through a lot of crap. You know, um, I'll say this uh, for me personally, I saw a lot of true colors at that funeral. Like I was just like a lot. It, it just came to me one of those things like, oh my god, everything my father said about my family, why he was so distant towards them, it all came to light kind of thing. And I was like, oh damn. But even after that, the healing process was very difficult because um. I know, for, again, like for me personally, I remember when uh, when my dad passed away, the first couple, and I, I just got married, mm-hmm. so it's just the whole getting through that pain where, okay, but I, I can't hold on to this too long because now eventually I have a baby on the way. I have to worry about my wife and stuff like that, and then right. I told her, hey, you know, um, you have to stay at home, bed rest, so you can't work anymore. And she hasn't worked since, and then I had to take everything just fall on me, you know. But um, yeah, I, you know, it, it was our, our stories aren't aren't exact, but uh, my dad was diagnosed for the first time. My my dad had three bouts with cancer, and the, the last one, you know, being being the final one. But uh, Kinsey and I had just gotten married, uh, St. Patrick's Day of 2012, and wow. uh, we knew. Uh, that my mom had found a, a bump on my dad's neck and we left for our honeymoon. We came back and I had a gig, uh, two days after we got back and he showed up and I was, uh, I was taking a break and I went to the table that he was sitting at and I asked him if he'd gotten any news and he told me, well, uh, yeah, but we'll talk about it when you get done. Um, but I, I can't, I pushed, you know, and I found out that night and, so yeah, the the whole getting married and then finding out thing kind of kind of lines up. So wow, that's damn bro. Like that that was, and it's it's interesting because um I know like with my father like my relationship with him was weird because mm. our relationship was like it was always like a language barrier because I spoke English and he spoke Spanish so it's like in my Spanish was very horrible, but the like out of all the times I've had in my whole life. Um, I think like the last five years I had with him, this is after I came to the Lord and everything. Those are the ones I cherish and remember the most. That's when I started bounding with him a lot more. And I guess because I started to grow as a person. And when he passed away, it hurt a lot more because I felt like there were so many things I could have said or I should have said to him or certain things I wanted to talk to him about. And it's like, he's gone, you know? And then my mother, you know, um, she hasn't been the same since my dad passed away, you know, because she uh, doesn't eat as much anymore. Sometimes she's a little bit irresponsible with her medication. So it's just, um, you know, again, it's just constantly worrying. And then with this whole thing, with this coronavirus, it's just even oh, more. Yeah. So, I mean, but in your case, now that, you know, we're talking about this, um, like, how are you guys holding up as far as, like, like how's your mom, how's, like, as far as, you know, since your dad passed away, and not, so she's by herself at home, or she has a support system. Like, how does that like work with you guys? Um, my my mom and I are very similar in the in the sense that we uh, we we kind of prefer our isolation. <laughs> right. Um, we we like people, but we also tend to keep a keep our distance. So, uh, you know, Dad left Mom in a in a good enough place to where she can travel a, a bit. Uh, yeah. So she she actually took her first trip to South Carolina, uh, in February and or no it was I guess it was March, February March I can't remember it's all running together for me now, but uh, 
that was right when all of this stuff really started to happen and everything started to lock down. And so she got stuck out there for, for eight weeks. But she has, uh, you know, she has some really beautiful friends um, that have opened up their homes to her. So I think her plan as of right now is to uh, actually sell the house and kind of uh, just kind of live like a gypsy for a little bit. <laughs> she's uh, she's talking about just kind of bouncing around, man, and just living and finding herself again. And I'm I'm encouraging that because, uh, you know, she, what she went through to take care of dad. My my dad's end of life care uh, team was my mother, myself, and my mother in law. Okay. Uh, and that was that was a difficult experience, but I'm you know I'm thankful that I chose to do it. Uh, but you know that kind of consumed her life for the last three or four years and so if anyone deserves to get away and just kind of rediscover themselves it's her no i definitely agree with that and um, i felt the same way about my mother too because um even after my dad passed away somebody told me something very interesting i was talking about it with a friend of mine and he said the greatest thing about that i guess the fact that um he's how do you say he said now that your dad's gone not that it's a bad thing or good thing whatever it's the fact is you're gonna see. You're gonna learn things about your mom that you never knew before. You know, yeah. because with my with his, with my dad and my mother, like, oh, it's mine. This is all for me. You know, and now that he's gone, it's like you'll learn things about her that that you probably didn't even know even existed, but it was probably there the whole time. And that's what happened when my yeah. mom, like, my mom was by herself, she started getting accustomed to just being single. Now, and, you know, I learned so much more about my mother than I've ever learned in my entire life. Yeah, I mean, my uh. My mom has always kind of been, you know, set in her ways. <laughs> She's always been pretty uh, freewheeling, uh, pretty liberal. Um, she, you know, she loves loves rock and roll. She loves Motown. She loves uh, listening to the oldies and smoking a joint and dancing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, uh, she'd probably kill me for saying that on this, but. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, but it's all good, bro. Uh, yeah, hey, sometimes is all you think. Sometimes <laughs> well, it, it, it's uniquely her, you know. And I'm I couldn't have had a better a better mother and or father. I'm I'm extremely blessed. You know. Amen, amen, man. And that's what it is too. At the end of the day, man, making the best of what you have, and just at the end of the day, it's like, all right, like this is this, but I'm gonna make the best of what I have here right now, you know. And that's a, that's sure. a beautiful thing, brother. I feel you on that. Let me just. Uh, give me a second, because I'm having issues here. Oh, here it is. Oh, you're good, man. All right, all right. So now what we're going to do, uh, we are going. Just give me one second. Okay, here we go. Because on the computer, it looks different than it is on the mobile phone. So you know how you have them in folders and stuff like that when you save a, a, a post? They don't do it like that on the computer, so it's different. And my other phone is, like, messed up at the moment. So I was like, oh, crap. All right, so I'm going to read a piece, you know, that, that you wrote because it's all about you. And then we're going to talk about it, see how that, you know, the, you know you'll see. You'll see. So we're going to read this first piece, and then we're going to talk about it. All right. Interesting. Why? Oh, this is not good. Wait, give me one second. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. For some... Okay.
right, so for some reason, I'm trying to uh, see the piece, but it's not letting me. Damn, this is. Oh, I'm really sorry, man. This is not a good look. I don't like no, no. this. Is not, there's there's again, no like, I, had, I had such a. Oh, my God. I had such a weird day, and now uh, this is just. Oh, this is not oh, good. good. I promise you, I'm I'm not. I'm in no hurry. I've got nowhere to be. No, I know, but still, you know, it's just like I, I had this whole preparation and everything, and yet, like, this is just acting up on me. This is not good. But, oh, um, but the, all right, I guess, well, well, all right, well, for some reason, I can't, because I want to read the piece, but it's not letting me for some reason. Um, but the piece I wanted to read was called um, Depression is a Stout Fall. That was the piece I was going to read, but I can't see the actual piece for some reason. But I guess, um, I guess just tell me about that. Like, how did that come about? Say the title for me one more time. It's called um, "Depression." It's a softball. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see if I can pull that one up real quick. Actually, I know that. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. This is no, not no, right. No, no, no. <laughs> there, are, you have no reason to apologize. I appreciate, I appreciate you doing this. Let's see. Yeah, right here. Depression's a softball. Striking from strange angles and landing shots with ease. For some of us, this is our great battle. The only true war we'll ever know. Fought not for country or political gain. Fought not to affirm one's masculinity or prove one's fortitude. Our prize is our lives. Seeing another day. And that's enough. Uh, you know, that really... Anytime I'm writing that way, I'm usually kind of in the in the throes of a <laughs> of a bad you know bad mood swing or uh, or you know kind of in my dark place. Um, that one I remember writing uh, on my lunch break. I was sitting out in my car uh, where I do a lot of my writing actually, and. Uh, just trying to write something to to encompass that feeling you know it, it, it's a relatable enough subject uh, possibly done to death but uh I, I think that's part of the the beauty and the challenge of being a writer is you're at the end of the day we only have so many subjects we can really touch on uh we've got to find a way to communicate those feelings in a new way and uh that was my my attempt so thank you Annabelle. wow Oh, I feel you with that. And I was going to say, so um, walk me through that, like the writing process. Now, you said this is um, you said in your car, right? That's what you said. Like, yeah, you, yeah. No, like what, like when, once you lock that door in your car, what actually happens once you're in there? Like, how does this work? Once, like, once you're there, what happens? That, you know, that's a great question. And it's a, it's a really um, shitty answer. <laughs> Uh, it's not, it's all good. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to say it's like, um, you know, we I think we all try to explain that the best we can, with, because that, that that's a pretty common question when people find out that you write, they want to know, OK, well, uh, as a songwriter, for example, the the age old question is, um, well, what comes first, the music or the lyrics? And it's it's not really that, you know what I mean? There's there's a, a sort of alchemy that takes place, I think, when you when you enter into that kind of flow of creativity um i'm not trying to sound too pretentious when i say that because it is a very different mindset and i think 
most of the folks here are riders and they can probably attest to that. It's, uh, it does require you to kind of operate as a, as the fisherman, you know, spending enough time on the lake to catch the big ones. But there's also a degree of, um, uh, of mystery. And I think that when we try to break the mystery down too much, uh, it kind of loses its power. You know, I've, I've always liked the idea of, uh, the muse being kind of a skittish bird. And it's one of those things where, uh, it will, it will land on your windowsill and it will come and visit you. Um, but the more that you, or the closer you try to get, uh, she, she flies away. And so, um, I try to just take a seat and I try to just be quiet and let it, let it come. You know, uh, I don't, I don't have any, any process necessarily other than sitting in the car, uh, putting on some, uh, you know, nice piano music or something. Uh, Brett actually plays a lot of the, the same tunes that I listen to during his lives on Saturdays. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, well, it was the, the first time I ever saw one of his lives. I, I was listening to it. I was like, son of a bitch, that is the same stuff I listen to all of the time. Um, but yeah, you know, I just kind of try to let myself be still, you know, and I think that that's where you find it. It's, it's the hustle and bustle of the day that takes us away from that mind, you know, from that mind space. So I just try to uh, make myself available to it. I hear you. And you said something very interesting too about being still. Um, I know in my life I feel like being still is difficult sometimes when you have sure. so much going on in here. And I feel like sure. this right here is so powerful, but it's also dangerous, you know, because I feel like sometimes it takes you to places that I probably didn't even know it was even there in the first place, you know. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like if you just be still and just see what happens, I think. That's what makes the writing more magical. You know, it makes it more like so profound because the um, just the just the just the like you write it and then once you look back and then wow, you know, like I wrote this. Oh, oh my god, this is crazy, right? And then I feel like, you know, just looking back at those writings, you're like, wow, you know, even though you're not there now, but that's where you were when you wrote that piece, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I poetry you know me i've only been writing uh poetry really since a, a, around october of 2018 okay um, and it, it kind of presented this really wonderful outlet for me because i you know in, in songwriting especially when you're you're in a position where you don't have money to hire a producer and an engineer to go into a studio and be working with people all the time because uh, you're just trying to get by yourself um things kind of move very slowly. And so you'll be working on tunes, you'll be recording, and you'll do it again and again and again and again, trying to get it right until eventually you want nothing to do with the song. The last thing you want to do is go out and sing it. Um, and for me, like my mind works uh, kind of, I feel like it's an overdrive all the time. And uh, so poetry kind of presented this, this unique vehicle where I could get an idea out and I could be done with it and I could move on to the next one. And so from, from October 18 to October 19, I think I wrote 330 poems or more. And that, I don't know if that's a, you know, that seemed like a lot to me, but I, I think I see other people on here that probably smoke that number. So, um, yeah, uh, back, back to what you were saying about, you know, the mystery of it all, the, uh, where does it come from? It, I think it's a great question. I, I've, I've heard a lot of people, think that it's uh it's got nothing to do with them at all you know it's more you're more of an antenna for something trying to come through from right. wherever you know 
Right, right. Wow, that's yeah, that's very powerful. It's all like that. I'm like flabbergasted right now, bro. Cause like I've always said this to people too, like you know, like or even even you know, when I'm talking to my wife or just talking in conversation in lives or whatever. Like you're that kind of guy, like you speak, like we have to listen, like you can't miss nothing, you know. Like it's such a wow, man. That you that's really very nice of you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Wow, man, for real. Like that's um. Again, very, very profound. Can you just, can you just give me one second, babe? Yeah, yeah, um, go ahead. Can you get um my wife's phone? It's in the garbage, huh? No, so my wife's going to get me my other phone. um, Because I try to download the app here. Because I have the Chromebook. But it's just like, I have the, huh? Um, I have the Chromebook. But the thing is, like, I have the app and everything. But it's just not, um. Uh, like, 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 I have it right here, but it's not letting me see. It's not letting me. See. I'll tell you, man. I think somebody said in the comments, like, technology hates us. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to keep oh, up with these, with these comments a little bit. I'm, I'm not very good at this live thing yet. <laughs> I've got. I need to practice. This is the first time I've ever done this, uh, alive in any way. I, I attend a lot of them, but right, right, right. Yeah, Anthony's here. Tara's here. Brett's here. Irene. A lot of cool people here, man. It's awesome. Definitely, definitely. A lot of talented all right, people. so, all right, I'm gonna just stick to the phone. I try to use this, but it's it's just not it's just not my friend today. <laughs> this is not my friend today. It's all um, good, man. Cause I have, I also have um, what is that? Like I have, I had Windows, but I don't really like Windows like that. So I was using Linux and the Chromebook, and typically this never messes up with me. For some reason today, it just did not. It just does not want to work. I got you. Uh, so I was like, oh, really? The one day I need you to be good, you mess me up. Thanks. The way but, all right, it's all good. I got the phone here. It's working good, thank God. So now I could just go to my actual original thing where now nothing. There you go. You try to you try to play me, but not today. Nah, but that's no, nah, definitely, man. All right, so give me one second. Wait for this to load, and then I'm gonna now I can read the next piece. There we go. You're good. I'm pouring another beer to make sure that I am ready for all questions. All right. Oh, so um. Oh, okay. Speaking of, because Brett says something can't perform under pressure. So you talked about the poetry. <laughs> you talked about the music. Yeah. Um. So what do you prefer best for you? Do you still prefer the music, or do you just prefer the poetry because it's just the easier scope of things? Um. You know that that's a good question. Um, I've I did music for so long, um, or I've done music for so long. I don't want to speak about it in the past tense. Uh, but from the time I was fourteen or fifteen, I, I had a guitar before even then. Um, I got my first guitar when I was in the fourth grade, and I tried to take I, I took two lessons and realized that I wasn't going to be Eddie Van Halen, and so I I put it down for a little bit and then I came back to it and when I came back to it I was better <laughs> I was better at the instrument which was kind of weird oh, wow. uh, and then from the time uh, that I was 14 until 30 I guess um, pretty much non-stop gigging recording uh, going to Nashville working with different producers that have done a, a lot of really cool things um, and, you know, you go after it, and eventually, if you're lucky, and I, I consider myself lucky, I never, you know, never did anything huge with it, but uh, you get close enough 
to where you kind of realize that, wow, this isn't really what I thought it was. Um, wow. Okay. You, you, well, you, you get close to the business side because, you know, if you're going to Nashville and you're recording uh, and you're trying to rub shoulders with people, it, it's because you're trying to get somewhere with it. And the closer you get to it, you realize, oh, wow, you know, a lot of these country singers aren't really country singers. They're failed pop singers. And this was another route that they chose to go in order to make it. And you start to just see a lot of things that, that are really distasteful and uh, I couldn't see myself doing. So uh, eventually it, it stopped being fun. Um, and I had to get away from it, you know. And, you know, my dad getting sick kind of, cause some of that uh and then i had babies i had twins and i wasn't going to be out gigging late and leaving my wife to care for you know newborn twins i, I didn't want to miss first steps or first words or anything like that and so i just kind of uh backed away from it and uh kind of stumbled into poetry and now i've got a book coming out so things work yeah. out right no, I hear you, brother. And it's, it's interesting because, like, I've heard so, you know, like, I know a lot about music as far as, like, the history and stuff like that. And, and you know, like, because I have friends that do music, but then, I, you know, like, I, I always had access to you, so I'm just curious and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But you said something very interesting about how the the country, the country singers are not country singers, they're failed pop singers. Like, like I'm probably how, being it, a dick. <laughs> no, hey, you know what? Hey, it, this is a good place to be a dick. It's all good. All right, cool. <laughs> we're, but we're it's interesting because it makes you wonder, like, damn, so it's not what it appears to be. So it's like, don't let the looks deceive you. Like, Have you crazy. ever watched professional wrestling? Oh, I love wrestling. Are you kidding okay, me? Cool. Like, so you know a lot about the... Uh, the backstage of professional wrestling. Right, the backstage sports. politics, and I, I know about why CM Punk left. Image, I know all that. Gimmick, all of those things. Who's who's the heel? Who's the face? Yeah, who's, I know all, all that. that Man, that's that's in the music industry. You know, um, wow. there are a lot of people that think that the Gallagher brothers feud with Oasis back in the nineties uh, and to today is still just a way for them to grab headlines. You know, there there's a lot of uh, it, it's just not what you think it is. And, and you can find a lot of singers that, that think this way, too. I mean, go go listen to Van Morrison talk about the music industry. I mean, talk about somebody that hates it. <laughs> that yeah, guy really awesome. hates it. Uh, yeah. And he's, you know, profited enormously off of it, even though he's never made a dime off a of brown-eyed girl, which I find interesting. But, uh, yeah, man, I could I can go down that rabbit hole, and we could get lost there if you want. <laughs> hey, dude, um, it's all about you, bro. Whatever you want to talk about, that's what it's all about, you know? So, <laughs> hey, like I said, we'll be here till as long as whatever. I mean, I can't yeah, be there no, no, later, no later than 9 o'clock, but I can still hear. I can be here another hour. It's all good, brother. The day, bro, yeah, we're yeah. talking, just having fun, get to know you, talk about your book more, which we'll get into a little bit more later on. But just sure. at the end of the day, it's just, you know, it's true, you know? Like, and, and I think in a lot of industries, it really is like that, right? But then there's this whole thing, like the the, oh, how do I explain it? Like there's the you do things to cover it up so it doesn't look a certain way. I, I'll give you an example yeah. when, um, because you talk about wrestling, so I, I feel like I should have been arrested for story. Let's put it that way, like Jim Cornette type of guy, because I I, oh, I, sure. I don't know if you ever seen Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. 
that, like, that's what I'm saying. So basically all that, it's similar, like, in music. I heard stories, but I never knew. And then I guess now that you said it, coming from you and confirming that thing. So um, with um, CM Punk, for example, he left, right? He just had it, you know. Um, basically what it came down to is he was just tired. He was depressed. He was getting hurt. They weren't giving him time off. So when he went on Coco Fanta's podcast, he blasted basically WWE, and then this man comes out like you know try to try to cover some things up because he got fired on his wedding day. That's what happened, and he's like, "Oh no, that was just a coincidence," you know, like damage control. But it just comes to show, like without him realizing, he's just exposed himself. He's like, "Oh no, well that was just a coincidence." No, it's like you know, there's just something. It's just crazy, you know, like so many things gets exposed well, I, like I that. Think- you know, when money gets introduced into anything, yeah. it's it's not going to, you know, the the purity is going to be lost pretty quickly. And and you can, uh, you know, kind of going back to music, if you if you look at those early rock and roll records, uh, and what those meant to people and how organic a lot of them were, there there was eventually a shift where it stopped being these uh, cigar chomping record execs that said i don't know what it is but it's selling so let them do it so you had guys like frank zappa and all that that were allowed to make records and eventually you've got these a and r guys that were kids who thought they knew what was cool (laughs) and so uh that kind of uh sank the boat really because those a and r guys want to tell you what should be in a song or how you should look or this you know whatever and it's like i know queen I know Queen went through something like that. Like, I mean, even Most before people, I saw the movie, like, yeah. I know there were documentaries about it. And it just, Freddie Mercury just refused to change. Like, I was like, no, this is what it is, and that's it. Like, Bohemian Rhapsody was one song that they did not see being a hit. They wanted, yeah. I forgot what song it was they wanted. I think it was, like, one of the B-sides of their, like, that single or something like that. And it just, he just was not having it. And Freddie Mercury, no, we're not changing. This is what we are, and that's it. Like, and that's how it is. Reality. Um, I think also with um, Demi Lovato, same thing. When she first started, she wasn't always with the the music she does today. She was doing they they. I guess who she was signed to. They wanted her to do this weird pop music. That it just she did some albums like that, but it just wasn't her. And then she, I think she ended up going somewhere else and. She was allowed to have that creativity that she had. I think Alicia Keys too went through the same thing, where like yeah. the first record deal she had, they were not allowing her to do her music, and then she had to find somewhere else to do it. But had it not been for that move, her music wouldn't be how it is today. You know. Brett Brett mentions a really a really good song there, uh, "Have a Cigar" by Queen. Oh, I love "Have a Cigar." Foo Fighters yeah. has like two different covers of that song. Wait, which which one's <laughs> pink? Yeah, that I mean, there's. Find me a better song that describes it. You know what I mean. Um, I actually had a I had an offer uh, with a small label from Universal UK, and uh, I chose not to take it because it was right after I got married, and uh, I didn't want to go to Europe for six months essentially without my wife. Uh, and you know the the record deals, and I'm you know I don't want to keep harping on this, and this be the only thing that I talk about because I'll I'll ramble. Um, but the the record deals now, a lot of them are what they call 360 deals. Okay. And so what that means is the, the record label doesn't just get a cut of, uh, of what your record does. And, you know, 
by and large, they get the, the lion's share of what your record sells. But because records don't really sell anymore and things have gone streaming and so forth, uh, they then will get a chunk of your merchandise. They'll get a chunk of any revenue stream you have. And so that's, uh, you know, Tom Petty has a great song about it, too. Um, I'll have to look up the title for you. It's off of his. Uh, hold one second. I'll find it. But it, you know, Tom it's. Petty, uh, you, yeah. Legend, man. Legend business, man. Absolutely. So I, I caught him on his last tour. It was so good. Uh, but, but the line that caught me was, uh, you get to be famous, I get to be rich. And wow. that's very, okay. that's very much what it is. Um, it's just, it's a crooked industry, you know, and there, are, you know, there's still a lot of beautiful music out there and people that are really uh, wonderful artists that need to be heard. I just wish that, you know, the game was a little bit different, but, you know, so does everybody else. And I'm, yeah, no, I hear you. Um, I, uh, this friend of mine, her name is Nicola. She does music and she has something similar happen to her like that. And she just saw how ugly it was. So she just goes to the Staten Island Ferry on the terminal and just starts singing. She'll go to bars and sing. And she's more happy doing that than just being the whole, like you said, the whole industry thing. And I think in a lot of industries is like that. But like that, what you're saying, that's very, very heavy stuff, man. And it's just, and it sucks that like something you love so much, you can't fully enjoy it because there's always the, the money, the politics. It sucks, you know? And I agree with you when you said about the music because um, I've heard artists better. I, I'm not hating on the music of, you know, the industry. Like, I like music too, but it's just like, I've heard a lot more cooler and deeper, more profound music, like in train stations than I've heard like on the radio these days. Well, yeah, because I mean, those those are people that are playing out of survival. Those, those are your, those are artists that are doing work there in front of yes. you. And there's, uh, there, there's a very big difference between somebody that is playing an instrument in the moment that's not overdubbing it, not going back and fixing every string or, you know, obviously you want to play in tune, <laughs> right? I mean, that's a good thing for a record. But, right. uh, you know, the, the idea that a band needs to be on a metronome, that, that you don't need the ebb and flow that you find on a Miles Davis record because those guys weren't playing to that. And you can feel the band speed up. You can feel the band yes. slow down. You can feel all of those things. Those are beautiful things. That's the human element of music. You remove yeah. that, and all of a sudden, you're listening to what? Your, your perceived perfection, which is not even close. You, you've robbed the, the song of its, of its authority, you know? No, and I, oh, my God. That's so true because I saw a documentary. Um, they, and this is what I say. Like, when it, and I said earlier that my, one of my favorite bands is Foo Fighters, and Dave sure, Grohl, yeah. just him alone. That man, like, it's so yeah. funny because that's exactly what I thought about when you're saying this because he did a movie, uh, a document called Sound City. Mm. And and even though it's about the studio and, it, you know, it, it left and everything, but one thing he said very powerful was, like, it's not about digital versus analog. It's all about how do you maintain human element in, in music. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, my, my one of my favorite writers, uh, he's a songwriter, but he he's a poet as well. He actually just recently had a poem published in the New Yorker and he's a very successful uh, music producer uh, and a relatively successful songwriter he's got like a small cult following but his name's Joe Henry and okay. you every now and then you'll see me post something on my story about him because I'm just so uh, into what he does he is really like jaw-droppingly good as a writer um, but you know when he gets a, a group of guys together in a studio it, it takes him a week to make a record I mean, it takes some of these bands a year you know but he just gets a group of musicians that he knows are great players 
He knows they can follow each other. He knows they have great chemistry. They hit record. They do a pass, and they listen to it. And maybe that's the record. <laughs> you know? Oh, I, my I, God. Yeah, I'm in love with that. So, like, my last couple of songs that I put out, uh, The Mountain's Peak and Houston, uh, both of those were, you know, I just put a microphone in front of my face and a microphone in front of my guitar, hit record, and I played the song. And to me, that every now and then you'll have a note that's not perfect. But right. do it like that. But that's the, but that's the way it should be. Like yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um, I yeah, know it's that um, idea, man. That that kind of permeates our our society right now, which is everything needs to be a highlight reel. And so even even your art, even your music, what does that what does that mean? Like that's a terrifying idea to me. Um, you you need all of it. You need the good, the bad, the ugly. We need to be talking about everything when we're when we're creating. And if we're not doing that, we're kind of neutering ourselves, and we're we're making this. We're we're allowing it to be co opted. So it's so it's cool. You right. know that, how dangerous is that? Right. Like, yes. Yes. Like I'm all about the legacy. I'm all about the impact you leave behind. So it's like when um like like I see guys like let's say Michael Jackson or something, right? Because sure. you know he wasn't a rock guy, but you know he was like his lyrics was so real. Yeah, and these people artist. try to stop him, and he just said, "No, I'm not doing that. Are you kidding me? This is what I feel. This is what I'm writing. That's it. I don't care if you like it." Like that's what's that song? Um, they don't they don't care about us. Like you know how much controversial stuff that song had, and he oh, didn't. Yeah, he still You know, and that's what it's all about. It's about the realness. But I feel like in today's society, the realness is fading away, and it sucks. You know, and yeah. I get. I, you, you make I'm enough white so, people uncomfortable, then you're going to hear a lot about it on the news. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like I talk about this with my wife all the time. Like, all, and I'm like, that. It sucks how music today is just. Oh my God, man! It's like the human element is fading away, and it sucks, you know. And yeah, like, it is. And it, like, well, what happened you know, to all that? You know, like well, Bob Marley, another perfect example, man. Like he was so real. Like you don't have those anymore. Well, you you have some. You just have to look for them. You got to dig. Yeah. And, and so, but as far as mainstream music, though, it's yeah. Like you know, I mean, but that let let Clear Channel have the radio. I would right. rather have. I would rather discover these guys on my own and still have that excited feeling of, uh, oh, this is mine, instead of something that I'm spoon-fed. And so no, I, I hear you. I yeah, hear you. So, you know, let let them have their cool. Uh, it lasts for a second, and then it's gone and on to the yeah. next, and there are still great records to be heard. So Yes, yes. That's how I feel about uh, Savage Garden. Like, even after they broke up and they did whatever, but Darren Hayes, even though he was never – a big, you know, like, very big popular guy after that, but, like, if you listen to his music, it's so organic, and I, I always tell myself, I always tell people who know about that, he's a very underrated guy, like, this guy, he's underrated racism is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah he's, a, I, you know, my, my wife loves Savage Garden, and I, I know their hits, but uh, his range is unreal, like, he's, he's a very powerful singer. Yes! Oh man! All right, <laughs> this is fun, you know. We're talking about music, and that's like that's like my category. Like I love talking about music and just the history oh, of too. things and the fact. I love that, you know. So it, it, like, just, it yeah. stinks because every, every time I talk about it, people listen to me. They're like, "Oh wow, you're listening to my music," you know. But I mean, it's just I'm I'm just saying what I think, man. So man, no, that's the way it should be, man. No filter here, man. Keep trying, keep trying. I'm trying not to. <laughs> 
man. And so you can, I'm, I'm looking at my screen, I'm like, oh, I look like so sadistic with the stupid light because my light. Oh, my God. It's great, man. It's great. Don't even worry. All right. So I'm going to. All right. So this next piece um, is an excerpt, in actually. And this title is very interesting. So it says, sure. A turkey sandwich and a herd of wild chickens. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's do it. So. I have the book. I can actually see the piece, so I can actually read it. Thank goodness. So, all right. The leaves will change soon. I used to think of falling leaves as a kind of slow death. It's nothing more than trees protecting themselves, shedding the unnecessary to survive. I love, first of all, I love the metaphor behind this because if you look, I, I could, you could take this in so many directions that, with this piece. But, so, wait, before I, go ahead. Tell me about this piece. And the title is very interesting. A turkey sandwich and a herd of wild chicken. Like, well, you know, awesome. there's there's one of those card pieces again. I'm I remember very much. Uh... Oh no! What happened? Uh oh. Back? Yeah, I don't know what happened. I was like, wait, I, like, yeah, my, is he spinning? I, I'm probably gonna have to switch to my uh to my phone here in a bit because my my battery's dying on my iPad. But um, oh, okay. So I'm I'm sitting in my car. I'm eating lunch. I'm blank. I have nothing to offer anyone. <laughs> and uh, it, it's in times like those that I've really tried to train my mind to be aware of what's going on around me and to try to take that and like how can I take something that's pretty mundane and try to flip that to something you know you know interesting <laughs> because if if I'm quiet enough and I'm and I'm aware enough of what's going on around me I'm constantly surrounded by creativity uh, everything that exists Did I freeze up, bud? No, no, you're good. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm eating, and then um, like 30 kids are walking towards my car, and they stop one foot in front of my car, and they um, basically are, are sitting there learning about street art. One kid's like got his, he's knuckle deep in his nose and his, you know, I just kind of t took that image and ran with it, really. I'll tell you what, man. I'm going to back out real quick and try to join on my phone before this thing dies. Okay. I'll be right no back with you. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks, man. We'll be here. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right. All right, guys. We stay tuned. Um, he's in a back there. His phone's acting up. But, um... Very, very interesting life so far. This is awesome, and I am honored and privileged to have him. This is the first time going live for the first time, and he has been, oh, my God, this is exactly better than what I imagined. Like, oh, my God, let me see the comments. Oh, man. Okay, all right, there he goes. 
and we're back. All right. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, man, technology hates us today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I had that thing plugged in, and apparently I plugged it in wrong. So it's, it was sitting there, and I thought it was charging all day, and it, it wasn't. So um, this will work. Okay, good, good. All right. So we were talking about the, the turkey sandwich and turtle box. <laughs> yeah, I love I, that. Did, did you hear everything that I said? Because I don't know if I was like dropping out my my iPad. No, um, I don't know about everybody else. I know on your end, the last thing you told me about was a bunch of kids um in your car. But then like I don't Walking know. And that's okay, okay. So I'll, I'll pick up there. So I'm I'm sitting there eating and I'm like just kind of zoning out looking out the window and when i look ahead of me again there's 30 kids walking towards me and they're they're doing this thing we in downtown fort smith uh every year for the last few years they've done this thing called the unexpected project and what they do is they invite these street artists from all over the world and they come and they pick a building and that building is the canvas and they yeah it's really cool um and they were t taking these kids around they were explaining art um as if that's something that's easy to do but they were they were teaching these kids the best they could like this is what this is and this is why this is important and uh i thought that was interesting um and the, the kid picking picking his nose was a real thing that's later in that piece um <laughs> yeah you know and so it, it was just another example of what do i have to work with you know a, a, a painter only has so many colors on the palette a poet only has so many subjects to write about or songwriter whatever uh and so when i'm not you know in my best jane hirschfield mode where i'm just creating some beautiful metaphors out of nothing i've got to take what i can take and try to make something out of that and uh it ends up a lot of the times those end up being people's favorite pieces are the ones that are just <laughs> kind of uh, rooted in reality, I guess. Right, 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 man. That's, that's awesome, brother. That's so awesome. And again, it's like, what it goes down to is, again, like the, like like what you have right there in front of you, it's like there's so many things you can grab from that and just write about it. You know, and, and I, and the thing with this piece that I like is just because I used to think like that too, where like when leaves fall, it's like slow, like it's like some kind of that, like as if the leaf, uh, like the tree is dying per se. But no, it's just true. They are getting rid of the things that they don't need anymore. It's kind of like um, they're cutting things away. We we all do that, all of us yeah. constantly. Like you either hang on to something that is toxic in your life, or you cut it away, and you yeah. survive and you move on. And that's, you know, if, if everything around you. If you're aware of it, uh, is kind of a wonderful metaphor for life, in yeah. in some way or another, you know. And so, just training the mind to be aware. And I'm, you know, I'm no freaking expert on any of this stuff. I'm just doing my best, you know, trying to get better at it. Right, right. No, I, I hear you on that, man. And it's like, and it, it, it is exactly just that, you know. It's just the whole letting go. And I think the hardest part is letting go is when you, it's the fact that when you're still holding on to that, I saw this picture one time where um, they had like a rope and there was like a person holding the rope. Like it was like split and there was another one with the rope but the hand let go of the rope. And basically the more you hold on, the more your hand's going to hurt where it's going to get numb and then you can't hold on to this anymore and it's going to drop you. Yeah. Type thing. And it, it hurts 
it's easy to let go and opposed to holding on, and that thing lets you go, and then you fall and hurt yourself. I, I guess if, if that makes sense. Totally, yeah, absolutely, and it's and it's so. I tell you, man, like imagery is such a powerful thing, and if you because like I'll look at a picture, but I always try to see the bigger part of the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's it's just because like if I see a painting, okay, but but what did the person go? But what was behind that painting? Like, what did the person have to go through to paint that? You know what I'm saying? Like I know sure. this wasn't just yeah. one time. Well, and, and paintings are interesting when you when you really break it down. I mean, a lot of the time, materials are uh, every bit as important as as whatever the subject seems to be. You know right. what? what era did this come from what were they going through why did they choose these materials these colors uh you know art in its in and of itself is infinitely fascinating if if executed well so i definitely agree agree. and speaking of because i know you do a lot of painting yourself too actually so i I, I dabble man (laughs) like um, like, it was so art man the most terrifying thing that i've done on instagram other than this moment um is like actually posting something like that because I, you know, just like anything else, there's no real criteria by which someone can judge uh, a, a painting or whatever. They they can talk about perspective and all this boring shit, or we can just say like that makes that that evokes some emotion in me, and that's what I try to work off of. So I I make something. I say you know what I feel pretty good about it. I'm gonna hang it out there and wait for someone to tear my guts out <laughs> yeah, like ultimately, right? so, um oh, i'm glad that you noticed them that's nice <laughs> <laughs> nah, i feel you on that so um okay yeah Terry's Terry talking about she says, he says that he created his own book cover so i i had a hand in that she helped me with the text though thank you oh okay okay all right so this one is called um johnny in flames so it's not a, it's not an actual face it's the paint of the the, the 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 artwork that you did, but I want to show it right here. Yeah, 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 I remember that one. Walk me through that quick, because we have like six minutes left, but what I'll do is I'll restart the live and we'll continue on and stuff. But okay, talk to sure. me about this piece. Uh, really, man, what, what I tend to do um, when, it, when messing with, with painting or anything like that, you know, digital painting, uh, I'll typically just put music on and I'll try to come up with a palette of colors that I that I find pleasing to the eye. And and with that, those those kind of swirl pieces that I was doing for a little bit, I may get back to doing at some point, I don't know. Um, I'm just kind of waiting for something to to reveal itself. So I'm kind of just sitting there listening to something and just kind of uh, letting my hand work without trying to think too much, I guess. Uh, and I, I've been extremely fortunate. A lot of times I, I find that I'm like, oh, wow, there, there seem to be images here. And so I, I would ask in, in the post, like, uh, please tell me what you see, because I, I'm way more fascinated in, in like you or anyone else getting on there and saying, hey, you know, that's I see this, you know, uh, and, and providing meaning for me versus me saying this is what you should see. If that makes sense. No, I agree with you on that. I definitely agree with you on that. Somebody said, uh, okay, Tara said, you create until it feels right. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man. All right, let's see. Yeah. 
stopped and, and looked at what I was uh, sitting on I had something like 400 at the time and I just thought to myself like you know I'm, I'm reading a lot of poetry I still am uh, not just on Instagram but I'm buying books and I'm studying and I'm trying to you know figure out what other people are doing and uh, I thought to myself well you know I, I really wonder if I've got uh, enough pieces here to to create a, co a cohesive collection, you know, and I don't know if I'm doing this stuff right or not. Like the, the way that I think in terms of putting a book together is very much the same as I thought when putting an album together, which was um, I need to, there needs to be an arc that, that the reader or the listener, you know, can follow. Uh, and if I'm not hitting that mark, then I'm just fucking throwing poems together and saying, Hey, here's a book. Let me come up with a clever title and stick it out there. And there's plenty of that out there. <laughs> like I've read enough right. of these books now where I'm like, okay. Um, and that's not me trying to shit on anyone. It's just, it's the same in music. It's the same in every medium. There's some people that really want to just be that. And maybe I'm one of those people. I don't know. That's but, right. um, you know, I, I started kind of editing it down. And when, when I, you know, spoke with Tara about publishing and uh, things like that, she, she helped me as well. So I, I put a manuscript together and I sent it to her and, um, got her feedback on it, and that was so instrumental in me feeling good about moving forward. And, and another person that, that helped me so much with that was uh, Holly on the line. Yes, um, yeah. Oh, she's a she's such an amazing talent. Uh, I sent it to her and said, "Please don't hold back. Like, just <laughs> just tell me what you think." Yeah. And uh, you know, she she told me uh, on a couple of occasions with, with, with a couple of the pieces, like, Hey, this is, this makes me feel this way. And I don't think that's good. Um, and so the, I, you know, that when you can have those kinds of people uh, surround you and give you feedback and all that, I mean, that, that's a wonderful thing, man. Like you, that that's invaluable. Wow. No, and it's true. I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> no, no, that's it. No, you did. I'm just, you know, okay, I'm just cool. intrigued. Every time you talk again, like, I can't miss nothing when you talk. Like, I'm just drawn to this whole thing. <laughs> that's you know, nice. Like, Thank you. like, I don't need school, you know. This is what it is right here, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Tara's here. So, this Tara, this is the one that, that with the yes. book, that published the book. Okay, I got to get in contact with her. Yeah, she is amazing. She's a phenomenally talented writer. Uh, nice. Has, has a great mind for all of this, has taught me a lot, and has been such a, a wonderful resource. I'm, I'm 
very thankful. That's amazing. And that's what I like about this community on Instagram, the fact that there's even something like this existing. And you know what's crazy? Because when I first came on Instagram, um, I, I might as well, I'll tell the story while we're still waiting for people and people are jumping in sure. now. Sweet. So the way I started this whole jam them down thing, um, this started off as a joke, like the, the name, like just because I saw all these poets have these interesting names, like Bleeding Heart So and then all this other stuff, or her words all right. I'm just okay, cool, you know, whatever. And um, what was the other one? Joey Love Bright Paint. Like, there's all these names. I'm like, okay, I need a catchy one. So instead of write it down and and, and jot it down. So like, what about jam them down? Like, screw it. But it's so funny. And I, I've never said this to a lot of people, but the, the, the word jam, that's actually my initials, the first three letters. Oh, really? Yeah, I never even told anyone nice. about that. It's, so my actual name is Juan Andres Morales. I just never used the Juan because this is 20 Juans in my family. So if I just call me Andy Morales, it's just easier. And that's how this whole thing is. And it just took off from there. And then, and, but I didn't start, I had the, Oh, I hear myself. Wait, I hear myself. Hello, hello? There's no echo on this end, man. Okay, okay. Okay, we're good now. Um, That was weird for a little bit. No, so that's how I started the page. So uh, I created back in January 2018, but I didn't start posting and writing pieces until maybe five months after my dad died, which was August. And then... It just took off from that, and Poets Anonymous um, read one of my pieces, mm-hmm. and then things just took off from there, and then as I started getting introduced to you and everybody else on here in the community, you know, although I started seeing communities, you know, like, introduced communities, and I mean, certain communities were leaving, or they were vanishing, and I don't know, I just got inspired, and I'm like, I was featured, I was just showing people and people's stories. I was like, hey, check this out. I'm like, I might as well have a community page. And then everything just sure. took off from this since like March. And we did our first live on um, August, August, April 6th of this year. So everything just took off from there. And it's just... And, you know, I'll, I'll say, man, you know, I've, I've kept up with everything you've done, both your, your writing and as you kind of built these communities. Uh, you've got a couple of them now. Uh, but I, you know, you, you can really feel the enthusiasm and the passion that you have for this. And I think, you know, people, people like you are invaluable and that's not just me trying to kiss ass here. It's, it's, it's the truth. I mean, there, there are so many writers out there that, that they need people to, to champion their work, to be an advocate for them to say like, Hey, this matters. And this, this is why I think that, you know, that's not just them beating the table on their own behalf. So, you know, the, that matters, you know, what, what you're doing, what Brett's doing, what, uh, Poets Anonymous, uh, a panoply of poetry. Like there, there's so many. There, there's there's a lot of really you know wonderful people doing wonderful things. And as long as this community can can stay uh, supportive of one another, you don't let the you know the uh, competition piece kind of creep in like that. Yeah. That that happens a lot in music. Uh, I assume it probably happens here too. I, I see a lot of people talk shit about Atticus. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> And so, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think I think it's awesome what you're doing, and you need to keep doing it. So, no, no thank you. I appreciate that. And um, I, I even talk about this with my older brother too. And um, I've said, you know, even though it's just poetry, but it's more than that. And I see so much. I see such a bigger thing. Like that's why I started doing this. I started creating the podcast because yeah, there's the lies, 
but the lies have gone 24 hours and I started doing the podcast. So be honest, you know, beyond these other platforms, you know, like Spotify, Apple and Google, because I feel like poetry is so underrated. It needs to be outside as well. I shouldn't just be in this one little cloud, you know, and because yeah. I, I can't, it can't be in just one little bubble because eventually it's going to burst. And then it's like, okay, what else? You know, I know there's like other communities like on Facebook and stuff like that, but like I've heard so much negative about that. I'm like, uh, and I know some poets here do have on Facebook, but they tell me things here and there. But the point is, it's just like you said, there's the competition part that creeps in sometimes. And it's just, you know, like if you see my followers, like I only have what, maybe 600 followers. Everybody else has like 20,000. It's fine. It's whatever. It's just, I'm just not all about that. I'm all about, you know what? Whatever impact I can leave behind, whatever legacy sure. I can leave behind. I said, you know what? And and if people are praising me and people are liking what I do, you know, that's God's favor over my life. That's the way I see it. Absolutely. You know what? I'm thankful for that. Yeah. You know, like I don't care if I'm like I have twenty million or not. It's just it's like it, like um I was talk- I was doing a live with another person named Natalie. Um mm-hmm. she goes by Silent Lover, awesome person. And oh, yeah. um absolutely she's she's you see that number right there, screw that number up there. It's not about that number. If let's say all we have is five people and that's it, hey. Whatever, but those are the five people that I care about the most. You know, people who come back to me. As a matter of fact, um, what's the name of this poet? Um, I think uh, the the handle is Smiling Through Two or something like that, or the, something like that. I, I, I it's kind of hard to pronounce the 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 handle, but this person reached out to me recently, said, "Hey, I started a community page, so it's Smiling Through Two community." She, this person called it now, and I thought, "Oh, that's cool," but. It wasn't just that, but the, what the person told me is what um, it touched me. It said, oh, well, I see your journey. You jammed them down, and I got inspired, so I want to create my own thing now. And I'm like, when I heard that, that I was like, you know what? That that puts a smile on my face. I'm like, okay, it's not, oh, because I'm doing it, just do it. No, I do because I love this, and I never found something I loved before until now. And at the end of there you go. Th- um, Brett just put it right there, smiling through, and it has two eyes. Yeah, I don't know how okay. to pronounce it. I don't know if it's a second or two or I don't know how I'm, I'm not sure if I'm following them or not. I need to I need to check that out. Right. That person just did a community page based on that same name, but it just says community next to it and not okay. they just started doing that. But when they reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, I saw your journey and I'm very inspired by that. I just wanted to do it. That touched me a lot more than just how many people like my stuff. And I'm just like, sure. you know what? I'm touched by that. And I made well, you know, you, you have a you're in a unique position. Uh you know, I don't know that I could ever do what you what you and Brett do, and it's not for a lack of uh, of passion necessarily. I just think it takes a certain a certain personality and a certain uh, a certain amount of selflessness, you know, to to put yourself in the out there like that. Because um, the idea of of people like you that and Brett and and so many others that that lift people up, you know, that that find these writers that you know I've, I've got quite a few followers right now and i don't know how many of them are paying attention i really don't give a shit uh i love the ones that do and i, I don't pay much attention to that either it, it's more like i got in a bad habit of like following people back <laughs> and so i'm like i'm following like, sure, I so bad when I can't get to them. yeah and so like, oh, like man. Years, you do that and then like you're I don't know what I'm looking at half the time. So I'm having to go like type everybody's page in. So I'm making sure I'm keeping up with the people that I really want to make sure I'm keeping up with. And uh, anyway, like, you know, 
like, like I said, it, it's invaluable to have people like that, that, that care. And, and Tara's another one of those people, you know, she really genuinely cares about people's art being represented the right way. And, uh, you know, we, we need as many people like that as, as possible. And, and the fact that you, uh, Brett, Tara, that these people that are, that are running these communities are so talented themselves. You know, that, that's also a, a just, that's a wonderful bonus, man. You know, it doesn't get any better. No, amen. Amen. I, th- that's what it's all about. You know, and I think this quarantine I've been, I've been out of work for like since March already. It just helped me appreciate what I have more. And um, oh, I yeah. started to wake, um, when, um, for a long time, you know, um, I say, even before I got married, like 2017 going to 2018, um, I was starting to get miserable at work. Right, so yeah. I had nothing going on. It was just work, girlfriend at the time, well, fiance at the time, and then I finally got married. And then my father passes away, and I said, "Let me do this community page thing." I mean, I didn't know, I I don't know, like I, I didn't know this thing even existed to be honest with you. So I started doing this, and I I never had a motivation or passion for anything in my life that was something like, "Oh my god, I love this." The last time I had something like that it was um technology because I used to use computers and and electronics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I got so bored of it because I didn't like it anymore. I hated it, and then there was so com- it, I read it, it was such a competitive field. Yeah. And like, if you don't have even you could know so much, but if you don't have this requirement, you don't have this degree, you don't have this certification. And even though I went to school, even though I didn't, I didn't have to go to school because I knew the stuff from it anyway. But having a degree just looked good, they say, and you go to college, loans, and it's just you have to. Up- they constantly because technology is always evolving and evolving and to keep up with that that's difficult and i started to hate it i i just hated it completely yes well, that, that, that's not we're, we're not built to do that we're not built to process information that way we're not built to want to be moving at that pace and at, at the end of the day when we do it we're doing it for the for the benefit of somebody else's wallet and that's the necessary evil of existing in the country that we exist in and the world that we exist in uh, and what we do as artists is we offset that and we say, you know, fuck all that. Here's something that's real for a second and, and breathe this in and be at peace for a moment because, you know, I, I get that completely. I mean, I remember, you know, a really profound conversation I had with my dad, um, in St. Louis in 2016, it was the last father and son trip we ever took. It was to see Bruce Springsteen, uh, who was our, like, he was the reason I started writing songs and my dad introduced me to him. And, um, this was our third, third show. I bought the tickets this time. I was, you know, um, and that was my Christmas gift to my dad. I said, you know, we're going to go watch Bruce play the river from start to finish. And we're just going to have a bomb ass time. <laughs> and we did, man, we, we drove up to St. Louis and we, uh, I remember in the arena, they had this, uh, name of this drink is so stupid <laughs> it was called bruce juice for god's sake and <laughs> why why we agreed to order this i'll never know but it was basically uh de serono sours and um we spent the entirety of the night uh which was about a three three and a half hour show slamming these drinks and just <laughs> singing our asses off and having a great time but i remember before that gig uh we were at the hard rock cafe uh which i could not recommend less because the, the the decor is cool the food sucks uh, and we were sitting there <laughs> we were sitting there and 
I was really unhappy with my job at the time because I, you know, all, all I wanted to do was sing, man, and, and write. And that's, you know, maybe that's a, a bit juvenile at that point where, where I was in my life. But uh, I remember sitting across from dad and saying, you know, man, I, I just don't know what to do. You know, I, like, how do I how do I be happy? And uh, I guess, you know, he he just looked at me. I remember him kind of pausing and he looked at me and uh, he said, you know, I don't know. Wow. And that, you know, in that moment, something kind of flipped in me. And um, I remember at, at that point thinking like, wow, you know, that's that's as honest as anyone's ever been with me was that wow. moment, uh, over some shitty chicken tenders. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and just thinking like, wow, you know, that, you know, you, you spend, if, if you're lucky and I was extremely lucky to have a father who loved you dearly and, and made sure you knew that. And, you know, my dad was my best friend and, uh, that was the first time I, I sat there as an adult man. Uh, looking at him and thinking like, now I really see you. Not just the the Superman image that I built in my mind, but the uh, the man, you know. Wow. And uh, yeah. Anyway. No, that's not. I love this. This is powerful because I felt like that with my dad too. Um, I get like my relationship with my dad got awesome when I came to the ward. I prayed a lot, and then our relationship got better from there. Um, you said something very interesting, and um, you said so many things. I'm, I'm trying to remember every little thing you said because it's so powerful. Um, about I, when I talk a lot, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay, no, because this is awesome. I love it. One thing about me, like, there's never such thing as talking too much because at the end of the day, I love to learn. I love this that kind of conversation. I love this. So the cool. fact that we can use this type to do things like this as well. Uh, when I first did an interview with Christian Provenzano, and that that conversation was so awesome, I said, like, "Oh man, I want to do more of this." And then when I reached out to you and said, "Yo, you got your book? Let's talk about your book and everything." I said, like, "Let's do it, man. Here we are." Just yeah, no, I'm this amazing deep conversation. I love conversations like that. I wish a lot of us in life would have more conversations like this, because then that way I think the world would be a lot better place. It wouldn't be as hostile as it is, but that's just my opinion, honestly. Well, it, it, it definitely wouldn't be as surface level as most of your daily interactions tend to be. So uh, <laughs> we, we would also probably drive each other insane, but maybe we're doing that anyway. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. All right, so I want to utilize the features as much as possible. So yeah, let's, let's do see it. if anyone's down with this. Um, guys who are here, if you have any questions that you might want to ask him, um, you can put the questions on the question mark box on the bottom of the screen, and we'll answer. Uh, so if that's cool with you people. Um, wait. Yes, the art of conversation. Yes, you know what, Brett? That's so true, and that's what it is too. Um, George Lopez, the comedian, even though he made this as a joke, but this is so true. He said people do not want to communicate anymore. Everybody wants to go like this. Uh, okay, whatever. It's 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 all this now. Like, I have to be in front of you. Oh, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you mean to tell me? Like, it's it just, I don't know, it's just, 
oh man, like I don't know what happened where the art of conversation got lost. It's so true. And it's just like um Raven. nobody wants to communicate anymore. And then when they do it, it's always okay. Oh yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Like, wait, but I just gave you this whole thing and oh you tell me it's okay? Like I, yeah, I was gonna say I I don't know if anybody remembers the movie Jerry Maguire, but it's uh one of my favorites. And uh there's there's a line, I'm trying to remember who says it. It Anyway, they they say, uh, you know, I, it, it's good to have a conversation where you feel like the other person's not just waiting for their turn to talk. Wow. And that I always found that to be uh, profound because it's it's absolutely true. And you, you can tell in somebody's body language and somebody's, you know, in, in the depth of the conversation, how deep they're willing to go. And, and most people are I don't want to say most people, but a lot of people are uh, they're just there to be heard. And so. Amen. Amen. I, I definitely agree with that. I think that's what it is, too. Sometimes people just want to be heard because maybe where they're at in their social circle, um, people just, I don't know, it's just that they're not able to do so. And I think that's very yeah. important. Um, that's why with me, um, I remember when I was growing up, unfortunately, my emotions, me wanting to ask questions, me trying to find out what's what. I wasn't allowed, like, it's just, you know, and I grew up in a whole Hispanic community family, so in the Hispanic culture, it's like, all right, shut the hell up, do what I tell you to do, and that's it, you know what I'm saying? Like, my dad wasn't affectionate or anything like that, neither was my mom, but that's just, that's just how their upbringing was, it was always that, that tough love, you know? So, to try to explain to my dad, oh, I'm depressed because I got, I got bullied at school, like, it's better if I had like a language barrier, so it's kind of like, um, yeah, I don't know. I expect my dad or ask my dad advice about sex or anything like that. Like, my dad never had that talk with me, so I had to learn that on my sure. own. And my older brother, you know, he had his own thing going on, so he he wasn't really around like that. So it was mostly around my mother and my my. It was mostly me and my parents, but then my sister was around. But then it was like a whole thing. But it was mostly just me and my parents for the most part, and that's all I could remember, you know. So to just go. You know, like try, you know, and then try to explain that to Hispanic, especially the, the the old school Hispanic system. They they don't it's not a system, but you know what I mean. Like to try to explain that to them, like they said, talk about mental health. Try to explain that to the Hispanic culture, especially at that time. Sure, I well, I, you know, and and if you think about it, you know, my my dad's generation as well. Uh, there there wasn't a lot of talk about about that that wasn't something that was considered it was it was get over it it was tough it out it was whatever uh you know it, until cultural uh norms like that are broken down and and men are allowed to be vulnerable uh you know and, until we're all allowed to be vulnerable and allowed to just speak on how we're feeling you know it, it, it's sad uh, uh just just a few houses down uh, a week or two ago i, I guy that had just recently got engaged um seemed to have a lot going for him uh he hung himself in his closet he was he, he had you know he was really excited about marrying this girl and all that she goes to walmart and before she goes to walmart he's loving on her and all this stuff she comes back and he's gone and that uh yeah. you know that we, we could go on and on about the mental health uh subject it's definitely something that needs to be addressed it's definitely something that's out of control and it needs to be just out and on the table man like i'm i'll tell you right now uh like i suffer from depression i i take uh lexapro for that and i i do my best every single day um 
you know, it's, it's one of those things where it doesn't need to be taboo to talk about that. It just needs to be something that like we recognize, like this is, this is it, you know, this is how it works. So. No, I agree with you. And like, it's funny you said that, uh, not funny. I'm like, I have something, it's a funny thing. No, um, I don't think it's really the, uh, with me, the question box. Where, um, when I was growing up, I went to psychiatric therapy. I was on medication. I was in special ed, which I, I you can't even say that anymore. It's like special needs now or some crap like that. Like, yeah. I don't know, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, I was hospitalized. Like, I, I went through some things that, Unfortunately, would never explain to me. And I think it's go back to the culture. No one sat down with me and explained to me what the hell I was going through, why I was going through this stuff, why I was diagnosed with personality disorder. Like no one really explained that to me. And it's just I had to live life just trying to like just trying to think, 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 and try to find out for myself what no one was going to do for me. And then. Unfortunately, that affected my adulthood as I got older because the older I got. I guess I could say the more naive I became because little did I understand, little did I realize how much that was going to hurt me as I got older. And then I started seeing things that I've never seen before. My dad sheltered us, especially with me. I was the youngest. Gotcha. Three, so I was sheltered. Wait, hold on. Wait. Wait. Something. I saw somebody I say something. Yeah, the, the, they, they weren't seeing the question box or whatever. I'm. You know, I, I don't know anything about the features, uh, guys. If you just want to type questions, you know, I'll answer them That's, that way as well. Yeah, um, some people see it, some people don't. Um, I'm sorry. For some reason, when I talk, it, I, I hear like a static relax. That's weird. See, now I don't hear it. Now I, that's weird. I don't know. This is Instagram. But anyway, um, uh, what was I saying again? Uh, remind me. Uh, you were you were talking again about just the uh, working through the kind of the mental anguish and the, and some of the cultural things okay. that were keeping you. Okay. Yeah, right. So it's like I, like it affected me as an adult that a lot of things I went through. I started to see things I didn't understand because my dad sheltered me, you know, and it was just I don't know if it was overprotective or he was just scared, but it affected me as I got older that I didn't know how to handle situations like. Put it yeah. this way, I've seen, I've had friends that died in front of me. I've had friends that did things that I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, I didn't even know how to control the situation. And again, and, and I look back now and I have a child on my like, dad. I don't want my son to go through that, right? And I'm just sure. like, these are certain things on my like, dad. I, like, dad, I understand you had a rough life too because your dad wasn't around, but these are things I wish my dad would have spoke to me about. Like, he should have, but I Well, didn't. you know, but that... At the end of the day, Andy, I mean, when we really think back on that, like, uh, they were dealing also with the the cultural norms that they grew up with, right. uh, and it, it, it's a pattern of behavior that leads to that, and so it, it's not necessarily a failing on their part, it, it's a failing on the part of society, and if it becomes a failing on their part, it's because they chose to ignore what society was saying, like, hey, this is happening. And when you shake your head and you say, no, that's not a real thing, you do so many people a disservice and you, you exclude so many people. And, and you, you know, the, the divisiveness of the world we live in right now is it's disgusting. So, you know, I, I don't know that our parents failed us. My dad swore up and down that he had never been depressed a day in his life. And maybe he was telling the truth, 
You know, I, I don't know how that. the fuck you exist in this world <laughs> without but, like. But you know what? I think there's a there's a confusion with that, and I, and I yeah. think because my sister goes through anxiety, she gets depressed a lot. She's on medication as well, and um, I think people confuse depression with oh, I'm just sad because yeah. Depression does not mean you are sad. I, it's, it, it works with it, but it's not what that is. There's more to the bigger picture that a lot of people don't want to talk about for whatever the reason is. It's sure, ridiculous. sure. How, what, and, and I don't know what's worse before when we were, or is it worse now where people are filtering things way too much? Um, I, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a balance that needs to be struck. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we live in this cancel culture now where it's like one fucked up thing that you said 10 years ago on Twitter pops up and you're, you are done. Uh, as, as if people don't grow, as if people don't change, as if um, forgiveness and mercy are uh, such alien ideas and these fucking people have never messed up in their life. You know, yeah. like that, uh, it, it's such a strange time. And, and I think really what it is, what it boils down to is people need something to rally behind. They need something to believe in. They need something to belong to. And people want to be outspoken. They want to be heard. They don't want to feel like they're just drifting through and what they have to say doesn't matter. So even if it means regurgitating something else, they're going to say it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what the, what the remedy for that is. I, I think at the end of the day, we need, to, we need to zoom the lens out a little bit to see the bigger picture. We need to, to cut each other a little bit of slack and saying, like, you know, there were a lot of things that led to a person behaving this way or feeling this way, and that's okay. We need to try to bring them with us rather than cut them loose and say, fuck you, you're on your own. I think that's a disgusting idea. I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to take the, the conversation to a religious place, but I, I think, you know, the happiest people that I've met are people that want to be inclusive, that are people that want to love their their neighbor. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, maybe I'm being a little too um, Miss America talking about that, but I, I think that there's a place for it. And I think that, I don't know, it just bores me to death. The idea that I need to, to condemn somebody for, for a momentary lapse of judgment. That seems so silly to me and so juvenile. And uh, I'm not saying that people don't have a right to feel the way that they feel. They, they, they do, but try to educate people. You know what I mean? And if you can't, then at least you tried. But don't, you know, fuck off with this. You know, you, you said something wrong and now you're done. You know, this right. is why you're, you're a piece of shit. Like, that's such a silly yeah, you know, I saw you on that. I know, because um, because now, like, I, I feel like I'm a, I'm a man of faith, so um, sure. like, I like to bring this up. Um, like, I know there was a scripture where Jesus was like, you know, they were gonna put they were um the Pharisees were gonna stone this adulterous person mm -hmm. because she adultery or whatever. And Jesus said, Okay, one who has no sin cast the first stone, nobody cast the first stone. Yeah. Because I mean, basically yeah. trying to say, Okay, if you never did a sin, then you could do it. If you're not, then shut the hell up. That's basically what he was trying to say, you know. But but even like, if, if you want to break it down to Jesus, we want to talk about that. I mean, when when we really talk about what we're being taught, when we talk about someone that was so influential and so, uh, you know, when I read the Bible, I don't read the Bible as, as someone who was raised in a religious, you know, 
family. I, I wasn't. We went to church like twice on Sunday my whole damn life. And right. I, was taught, I was taught a prayer when I was a kid to say before I go to sleep. Uh, and that was about the extent of it. <laughs> so, right, um, right. you know, when I when I start reading those texts and all that myself, I come from it as, as a person who questions everything. I don't blindly follow anything. I, I refuse. I think that that's a dangerous concept. And I want nothing to do with it. But, uh, you know, when, when I read the, the word of, uh, you know, especially the New Testament, if I if I go down that path, I, I see somebody that is seeing things as they are. They're seeing a big picture. They're not. He's he's radically inclusive in most of the things that he says. And, and right. unfortunately, you know, R Richard Rohr has a, a lot of great things to say about this topic. But he talks about, you know, the southern U.S., a couple hundred years ago or whatever, decided that everything in the fucking Bible was literal and that, you know, possibly set back the understanding of what was trying to be taught however many years, right? Uh, right. When, when Christ himself said, like, I only teach a parable. Well, a parable's a story, you know? Like, are right. you getting the point of what I'm teaching you? Not this right. literally happened. So, you know, I think, you know, to break it down, to not go down that road too much, you know, inclusivity, be cool to one another. It's not hard. Forgiveness is not hard. I mean, sometimes it is, but when, when it comes to something small that doesn't affect you directly, try to educate people and bring them forward. Try to help them see a better side of things. Don't just condemn people. That's such a boring ass way to live your life. No, I, I agree with you on that. And I think like, even this is because, um, uh, even in like, again, like even in the, Christian, you know, the religious community. Um, I, 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 I said this to me too, like, I, I'm a man that follows Jesus Christ. I don't like calling myself a Christian, even though I fall into that category, only because the word itself, unfortunately, has so much negative connotation to it. But the point I'm trying to make is even within the Christian community, people do the same exact thing. Any community you go to, it's yeah. like that, where sure, pointing the finger, poke, poke the bear, there was all this stuff, and like, and I'll say this, I've seen a lot of church hurt happen where people don't want to come back to church anymore because of something someone else did. And yeah, maybe, like, I look at it as, you know what, fine. Like, I forgive you, but it doesn't mean I have to trust you again. That's the way I see it, right? But then, yeah. but you get, but it becomes so uncomfortable because if that's the person still goes to the church, same church you go to, and then they don't feel comfortable around that person, they're going to want to go somewhere else. But sometimes you church hop to a point where you don't, altogether you just don't want to go to church anymore and, and and it sucks sometimes because it's like okay like my whole thing is if i go there i go there for god i'm not here for people i'm not here for whatever and, that, and that's just my life whatever but there's people who think the same way but because something like that affected it then it's like it, it gets to a situation even also that this is why people don't want to believe anymore because of stupidity like that so it's like if you're supposed to be walking a certain way and then you, and I'm not, I'm not just because you know again like I'm not I'm not any better either, but it's just like how are we trying to influence each other when we're condemning each other over stuff, whether it's big, small, whatever. It's just I understand we're supposed to be accountable for each other, you know, in, in a loving way. But if we're not displaying that, then what, what the hell's the point? Well, I, I think when you when you choose to live in fear and you choose to use your religion as an afterlife insurance policy. You're, you're not approaching anything from a place of love at that point. And so maybe the idea needs to be that we really think about why we're talking about those things, why we're reading those things, why we want to follow those things. And if you can get back to what the point is, right. then, 
you're probably going to have a greater impact on people. So if you want people to, to, to follow an idea, the, you know, the idea is to witness. Well, the idea of witnessing is not handing out tiny, you know, pocket sized Bibles on the corner of college campuses. The idea of witnessing is living your life, be, you know, live your life the best you can, man. And if you can do that, if you can love people and be inclusive and, and be somebody that, that people want to be around and you show mercy, you show grace, you're going to be magnetic. Amen. So yeah. be magnetic and don't worry about the rest of it, man. Like we're, we're, we get so caught up, like every, every system that we have, like we, we find a way to complicate it to the point to where it's like, it can't just be about love. It's got to be about not burning in hell. It can't just be about art. It's got to be about commerce. It can't just be about simple anything, you know, to the point where, you know, my wife and I have the conversation about Jesus, man, I just crave simplicity now. I don't, you know, you take me to get ice cream. I want vanilla. You know, I just want something to be, to be what it is and no questions asked. Right. Like no bullshit. So, uh, Anyway, I'm proud. I'm rambling at this point. So where do we no, want to go? It's all here? good, bro. It's all about you, brother. It's all good, man. We got some cool people in here, man. Yes, yes. So people are having issues with the question box. So I don't know if. Uh, I guess I'll read some of the comments. Um, yeah, it should be like when you have a comment right next to the comment box, there should be like a two boxes that look like a question mark, and it's supposed to. It's funny because on my phone I don't see it, but on the on my phone here where I'm live streaming, if you see it, but if I go on the page this way, it doesn't show it. But I think some people might need the new updated version of Instagram because I know that's a, that's a thing also. But um, all right, so I guess so much for the. I guess so much for the question. Somebody's got a question, just type it. I'll I'll answer. Yeah, if I could get to it, there's so many comments. Um but yeah, man, like you just hit the nail on the coffin. That's exactly what it is, man. Like definitely. So all right. So hold on. Let me Oh now you freezing on me? What's up? What's going on here? Huh? All right, let me restart this quick. All right, so I'm going to read another piece, Devil on You, and then we can talk about that as well. So yeah, let's do it. Oh, let's do this. This is good, man. Yeah, again, I really thank you for being a part of this with me, man. Hey, and, no, um, thank you for asking me to be a part of it, man. I've, you know, this is, I, I would like to get more involved in the community in this, in this way. Uh, I don't know how to go about that. I don't necessarily want to start my own thing i don't want to <laughs> because i don't want to disappoint anybody <laughs> right but, uh, you know anytime somebody wants to get on and just chat or, or get on and you know really kind of delve into uh into art or music or just whatever's on their mind uh nothing nothing makes me happier than engaging in in a unique and interesting conversation so i'm always i'm always down no, thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. Now I know, you know, it's good. Yeah, people yeah. Soon, you know, um, and it's like I remember in the, in that last time I was saying before too, like when I was doing it with Christopher Bazzano, it was just so like this conversation was so lit, and then now here we are again. Now I'm doing it with you, and it's like I, I, it's funny because that alone inspired me. I said, you know, I want to do more of these, you know. So I have that Monday night where I have my team do some stuff, and we do stuff, but then I like to do the separate ones where. Hey, you want to do an interview? Let's talk. Let's get to know each other more, you know? And it's just like, yeah. I love doing that, you know? Um, again, it's just like, I, I want to do more of these interviews with other poets that, that you know, like, again, just to do it. Like, I want this because it's so, it's such a beautiful thing, you know? And we don't have enough of it, you know? I agree. I agree. 
And I think doing the, the open mics, the last two open mics I've done, like I've gotten to know more people, more poets on here that say, yo, let, let's, let me know. You have a story, yo, let's talk about it, man. I don't care. It's just, you know what? It's just the story. Let's tell our story. Let's engage. Let's have a great conversation. And, and, and here we are again, you and I doing exactly what, like I just envision that I, I, you know, we will all be doing one day. And it's just such a powerful thing. It's so beautiful, you know? Absolutely, man. I'm enjoying it. Thank you, man. No, again, I'm honored to have you here, brother. Like, thank world, you, man. Thank you. I, I appreciate the, like I said, I appreciate the invite, man. It's it's been awesome. Definitely, thank you, man. All right, so, okay, so you have a spoken word version of this, but I found the text version of this piece, right? So it's called "To Whom ha- I Have Concern." To whom I have concern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. I remember this one. Oh, yeah. All right, so. I like to issue a formal apology <laughs> to those I care for and to those who care for me. I don't mean to worry you. Writing's a funny thing. For as long as I can remember, I've been under the spell bewitched by the written word. Whether through song or poetry, I know I'm sorry, I know no other way forward. There's a thousand, if not millions, of others just that conjures intense emotions. I love taboo language and its ability to make you uncomfortable yet unable to turn away. I'm rambling. Just know that I'm fine. I'm frazzled, not suicidal, broken, but not without hope. So enjoy the work or hate it, whatever. Take it seriously and with a big grain of salt. In all of these words, I've tried to leave room for you with all the love I can spare. Yeah. I, I know I stumbled on some parts. I'm sorry. No, no, no. About that. No, you, you, you read it great, man. I enjoyed that. That, it's always cool to hear somebody else uh, read what you put, you know, what you put to paper because it's there's a there's a certain musicality that people speak with, and and you can hear the difference uh, with each individual reader. So I, I always get a big kick out of it. So that was cool. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, absolutely. No, so tell me about that piece. Tell me about that. Um. Okay. Well. Uh, <laughs> um. So you know being somebody that that probably everybody that's in here right now listening to us can attest to this being somebody that writes and puts uh puts their work out for everyone to to read um when you're when, when certain people read those pieces and certain people that don't understand uh what it is to write and what it is to uh sort of draw from whatever you know, experiences or colors that you have to use on your palette. Uh, people assume that everything that you write is literal, that everything that you have to say is as is in your life. And, you know, I'm, I, you know, here's my apology, my formal apology to anybody that reads anything that I write. It's not all 100% like as is in my life. Like I take liberties. I work as a writer. Like that's what I did in music. That's what I'm doing now. Um, you have to find truth in something, but leave something of yourself in it, right? So uh, I wrote that piece uh, to be a formal apology to uh, these people who care about me deeply, who I love, uh, that were worried about me because of the way that I was writing. And so it was kind of a, uh, hey, I'm good. And it was kind of a, hey, fuck off because I'm not going to just write uh, this feel good shit that you want me to write so that you feel better about what I'm doing 
because at the end of the day, I'm I've got like if I do that, then I'm I'm saying like art be damned, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've right. got to make this person feel better about what I'm thinking, and that is a that that is a dangerous proposition and and not one that I'm willing to be a part of. And so, uh, you know, it, it's a pretty straightforward piece. Um, and that last little bit was was meant to uh, to leave. Uh, a, a bit of, you know, to, to end it on a high note, which says, you know, when I write these pieces, uh, the, the hope is that, that as you read them, you find yourself yes. something, something of yourself in it and uh, that it becomes yours. And, and at that point, it, it doesn't matter what I meant. It matters what you mean. It matters how you feel. Uh, and if this, uh, you know, evokes something in you, then, then I was successful and I feel great about the piece at that point because you gave a shit enough to, to like it and to comment on it and to give me feedback and all that. So um, it, it, it was more kind of a tribute to what it is to uh, to occupy this skin and to say that this is what I do. I'm a writer. So. Wow. No, that's damn. Wow. <laughs> Dude, I get it. It's so true, man. And again, thank you for that because I get inspired when I read pieces and then it inspires me to write something. Um, Brett wrote a piece called Untold. And oh, then yeah. that inspired uh, me to write a piece. Dude, you, Brett, you, you can go down the list with Brett. Like, yes. that guy, he is he is a fantastic writer. And, and so many of the people that are sitting here commenting are are phenomenal writers like i can probably send you three pieces minimum from each of them where i'm just like holy shit i wish i would have come up with that like that, <laughs> yeah, that's really you know what i mean cool. that... oh crap uh what happened oh that was weird hello what's up man okay oh no. for some reason you muted for a second so i didn't get to hear the last right. thing that was weird. Oh, okay. okay, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> My wife's actually about to walk in, so that's cool. Uh, no, oh, okay. No, no. So what was the last? No, I was just saying, you know, we're, we're really lucky to be surrounded by so many talented people that are, you know, kind of fueling this, this community and, and helping to propel it forward, so... Yeah, and um, I forgot what I was going to say. I was going to say, I had something in my mind. Oh, about, about Brett. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the thing with Brett, when he writes, he'll take you to a place that I'm just like, okay, I've never been in this part of my mind before. Because when I read a piece, whether I read Bible, I read someone's piece on, on Instagram, I put myself as if I'm the person feeling this. I want to see, Absolutely. I want to yeah. experience the piece. And Brett has this thing that it's just like, Every day he wants, I have to have more. And it's like, if I can open this door and go and see what's in his mind, like, this is insane. And he wrote that piece, and I've like, oh, my God. So I wrote a piece called I Was Never Jesus, like, mm -hmm. came out of that piece. And it was just like, holy crap, you know? Like, like I love when a piece can do that, you know? Well, that, that, you know, that, so that's kind of the beauty of what we have here, man. Like, we, we've got these wonderful writers that you know if, if we're paying attention and we're keeping up like th this whole thing feeds itself you know what i mean we, we we can have an infinite amount of inspiration from a lot of really wonderful minds that that without this 
platform, you know, we would never know these people. I, I live in I live in Arkansas for Christ's sake. Like I'm I'm sitting in this little town. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and you in you're what in Jersey? Is that right? Yeah, like I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, but yeah, right. I live in New Jersey, Bayonne. So, a weird town in New Jersey. Yeah, a lot of people don't yeah. know. It's like, like, what in what universe do we meet outside of this, right? So I, I think you know it's super cool, uh, and just man, we're we're fortunate. A lot of lot of wonderful people to know on here. Yes, but there are some people who have met, like you know, like I, like for example, Brian Edwards. I think he. Moved I was going to say Tara. Tara's talking here. Tara's from Alaska, <laughs> so okay, Tara, really far away. Ta- okay, <laughs> I was watching this movie with Brian, 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 wait, Ryan Reynolds, where like he, he his family lives in Alaska. Is it really what they say? It is six months is daytime and then six months is nighttime all year round? Is that true? Like, is that really like that? Um, Tara, if you can answer that question, because I heard like they're like they're. Like I heard, their 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 time is just interesting. Like you have a certain, like it's always daytime at one point, then it's always nighttime at one point. She said yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So I really like that. Yo, I was going to go to Alaska, but yo, but what's it like in Alaska? I wonder. You know. But um, oh man, that's uh. <laughs> that's a trip. Now we got caught with Alaska. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. And then what? Brent lives in Milwaukee. Brian lives in Florida. Yeah, um, man, I mean, we're we're all over the place, and that's you know. Oh, how how cool is that? That's one thing I'm thankful for, as far as technology, that they were able to do this. Absolutely, I agree. If nothing else, because this is crazy, man. But I definitely see this as like you know what I think about. I think about I I don't know if you know um the Beats Generation. This is like in the 50s, 60s, but like yeah. they had this movement. Um, Kerouac, I, was looking, I was recently studying Lala about like Allen Ginsberg and yep. Elise Cohen. But a lot of stuff we talked about, right? Cause you said something earlier about topics too. And um, they talked about topics that back then it was so taboo, but yet we're talking about them right now to this day and it's okay, but it's so interesting. And I always wonder like whatever that movement was, but like, was that a prediction of what society was gonna become today? Absolutely. And, 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 you know, like there, there are still taboos today. There, there are still topics that we're not supposed to touch on. And, and, and now in this cancel culture that we live in, like you touch on them, you're done. And I mean, I think as artists, as, as soon as we entertain the idea that our work needs to like, if, if you back off of a piece because you think you're going to step on somebody's toes, you're fucking nice. doing it wrong. You know what I mean? Like Yo, you are, you are, you are doing yourself a disservice. You're doing the reader a disservice. Uh, you've got to be willing to go there, and you've got to be willing to accept the consequences of that. And if you're not, then why are you here? You know what I mean? Like you, you just want to do what? You want to have surface level, you know, material, and that. Whatever. I mean, if that's what you want to do, cool. But at the end of the day, I'm more interested in people that are wanting to be real, people that are wanting to be honest, and people that are wanting to go there. So. Amen. Amen. That's the way it should be. And I'm the same way. I refuse to shut my mouth off to, like, the stupidity of society, if that makes sense. Like, the 
uh, what's the I I watch um there's this there's this um wrestling podcast I listen to Don Tony and Kevin Castle and Don Tony makes me laugh because they say something like up, Anthony? I refuse to to reduce myself to the pussification of society <laughs> like it makes me laugh when he says that but that's how I feel like I would not reduce myself to the pussification I'm sorry it's a weird word to we you know if, if we're constantly like art was meant to step on your fucking feelings it was yes. meant to challenge your your preconceived notions of life and if we're saying that it doesn't do that anymore then unplug life support you know what i mean like just let's call this thing done but i yeah. refuse i refuse to comply with that like i'm i will write about whatever the fuck i choose i expect you to i expect tara to brett anthony yes. brian you know all of these wonderful writers like Get it out there, man. Whatever it is you have to say, just no, this is cool. I definitely agree with you on that, and that's the way it should be. And, um, and again, it's just unfortunate that this is what's become to where, just like back then, I again, I don't know if it's worse then than now or now that whatever, but the point is, it's even to this day, the fact that to this day, it's still getting to the point that people are still trying to cancel so many things and filter so yeah. many things. It's like, no, like that's not how that works. Well, you know. Unfortunately, that that is the that is the reality, right? Like that's what we're going to deal with. Uh, so do it anyway. Amen. You know what I mean? I would rather a piece I write be controversial and be relevant twenty years after I die, than for it to get a thousand likes today. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Nick Drake made records and never sold shit. Died in the seventies and was rediscovered again in two thousand, and his work means something. It's about yeah. the art, man. If, if if that's not where you're trying to go, then stop wasting time. Exactly. No, and that's the same thing with Elise Cohen. A lot of people didn't know who she was, and then after she yeah. passed away, and years, years later, because now a lot of people are talking about that Beats movement thing. And again, I've been reading a lot about this too lately. That Reaper so says, I'll, 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 I always say, be famous after I die. I'll be famous after I die. Absolutely, you will be. Oh, uh, but, but it's so it. true, and it's like, and it's only because one thing I read about her, she was definitely overlooked by the other poets from that time. But now they're sh- now like recently, people are shedding light into her life, and, and you see a lot of stuff she went through. It's so relatable. Like, damn, yeah. back then we didn't know who she was, but now we know who she was because they're shedding the light. And it's just again, like you said, it's just crazy how now you know, like, oh man, you know. Uh, how much time we got left here, bud? Um, uh, we have it's right now we're up to 453456788. We have um seven minutes left, okay? Uh, let's uh, let's hit on whatever you want to hit on, man. And I'm uh, I'm gonna go spend the rest of this evening with my lady. No, nah, no doubt, man. Sounds good to <laughs> me, brother. And you know what? Like, you're fine. Like, so because it's funny because I was actually gonna this next thing was the last thing I was gonna touch on, and check this out. And it's a piece. You, it's it's a short piece that you wrote a long time ago, and it actually aligns with what you just said. Ready? All right. Yeah, let's do it. Seek out truth and defend it. The cost could be substantial, but your soul will remain your own. Is that not the whole fucking game? Yes. Like yeah, that, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yes. Uh, February twenty third, two thousand nineteen. Oh wow! That's actually a couple of days. That's a couple of days after my son was born. 
Oh, is that right? Yeah, he was born in yeah, 19. I mean, I, yeah, you know, I, I think that that piece is, it. you know, it's one of those little blurb pieces, a few lines. I, I don't typically write those. I definitely don't write them anymore. Uh, but in the moment, it felt true. And I it feels true hearing it out of your mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just sitting here right now. Um, if that's not what we're here to do, then, you know, don't call yourself a poet. Don't call yourself an artist. Like, don't waste time. They're, you know, Bukowski didn't care about that shit. Kerouac didn't care about that shit. Raymond Carver didn't care about that shit. Like, Jim, you know, Harrison didn't care about that shit. Like, say what you have to say. And if it's true to you, even if it, if, you know, they show up outside your house with the torches ready to burn your fucking house down with you in it. Right. That that's that's the game, you know. That's what you signed up for. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I haven't thought about that piece in a long time. It's cool that you read that one. That's that's from way back. Yeah, this is funny, and it all because a lot of these pieces I picked that random. Oh, okay, let's talk about that. Because even though I'll pick certain things, but a lot of things don't always, you know, as they work out in 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 the live. That let's say I have a plan, but then sometimes it just become so organically you forget about them but and I, i'm looking at what else i had saved on the folder and you're saying what you said say okay this is perfect and i showed it to you like i, I read that piece i'm like this is exactly what you just said this is the short yeah. version of what you said but it's exactly what you just said yeah it's probably better that you read it than me to say it because i'll i'll eat up a bunch of minutes trying to say it where i said it probably in four lines before <laughs> no but still it's just I just love how organic this has been, you know. Um, oh no, I've I've really enjoyed this, man. I I, I do appreciate it. So, uh, no, no, any any out. any other questions you've got, man? Uh, May 29th, though, is is D Day. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we have four minutes left. So if you want, I like, talk about your book quick, and then we'll just end it right there. Then. Uh, you, you know, I don't I don't have any grand statement to make about it. It's a it's an it's a labor of love you know it, it, it's a tribute to my father and it's meant to be a a prayer and a helping hand for anyone navigating uh the fog of grief you know what i mean what it is to uh walk that road and unfortunately it, it's a road we will all share and uh i know you and i know that well um so I hope it, you know, I hope it will find a, a, a place with you. I hope it will resonate with you. Uh, and that's really all I got to say about it, man. It's just, it's, uh, I feel, I feel good about it and I hope others do too. Man, man, brother. And that's what it's all about, man. Brandon, thank you so much for joining this. Thank you, with Andy. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate it so much. To be here with you. And honestly, bro, we got to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Brother, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. You, you let me know when you want to do it, man. We're, we're going to get this, uh, all this furniture moved to the new, uh, the new joint. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll do this again. Absolutely. So brother, enjoy the rest of your night with your wife, Duke. God bless you, bro. And, and be safe. Thank you, bro. Um, sanitize your hands or whatever. <laughs> I'm all over it. I promise. Yes. My brother, thank you so much, man. Honor and a privilege, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, my friend. You be good. All right. You God bless, man. Bye-bye. God bless. All right.